take your Bibles and turn to the book of Judges this morning, a book that may be a little unfamiliar to you, but if you go to the book of Genesis and then go to the right about five or six books, you will find the book of Judges in the Old Testament. It is filled with people that God has dealt with individually as well as his entire people. And what you will find in the book of Judges is crystal clear one very simple fact, and that is people have issues. That's nothing new. I'm looking at people that have issues. You're looking at a person who has issues. Somebody behind me has more issues than me. You're looking at, I'm looking at people. He's not even back there. I'm making fun of him. He's not even back there. Some of y'all think, yeah, you have issues, you're seeing people. I did not even see him slip out. Wow. Yeah. We all have issues. This is one thing that is crystal clear. And so in the book of Judges, what you find is God sends help to people who have issues. And while we're going to focus on some very unfavorable examples of life and while we're going to look at people that have messed up and messed up big time we're going to notice in the book of judges that God is the one who lends his help that he is the one who stretches his hand down from heaven to make a difference in our life and to help us in our time of need now, like I said, some of you have made New Year's resolutions, and some of you, whether you admit it, whether you post it on social media, whether you talk about it, I've noticed over the years that the top three New Year's resolutions are eat healthier, lose weight, save more money. Of course, none of those have anything to do with Jesus necessarily, but they all have to do with being a better person. Why is it that year after year after year, those are always the top three? It must mean that by February or March, we're not doing so well with keeping those three. And every January, we promise ourselves, this is going to be my year. This is going to be the year that I lose the most weight. This is going to be the year that I eat the best. This is the year that I'm going to save the most money. This is the year that's going to be different. And most of the time, we will have curveballs in life thrown our way. Things that are unexpected. Doctor visits that don't go the way we want them to. News that comes to us that we weren't expecting. Things that happen at work or in our family that are just a punch in the gut. Sometimes those things just come our way, either because life just happens or perhaps we happen upon life. You see, one of the things you'll notice about the reason that we need help, the reason that God's people need help, is sometimes situations are thrust on them that they cannot help and they can't control. But sometimes we are the ones that thrust ourselves into life and we are the ones that cause the problems and then we reach up our hand to God and say, God, I've made a mess of things and I need you. Aren't you thankful this morning that God is an ever-present help in a time of trouble? That God will never leave us or forsake us? 
And that no matter what we go through in life, no matter how scary it is, no matter how frustrating it is, and no matter how much we are to blame for it, we can always look to God and say, God, I need You. And what we find in the book of Judges is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. But we need to understand why. Why do God's people cry out for help and why do they need Him? Hopefully you found the book of Judges in chapter 2 this morning. As we look specifically at the first five verses in this text of Scripture to really lay the foundation for this entire series that I've entitled, Help, I Have Issues. Some of you can relate. If you're able to, would you please stand as we read this text of Scripture together in Judges chapter 2, beginning in verse 1 through verse 5. Here's what the Bible says. Now the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochum, and he said, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you into the land that I swore to give your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall break down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. What is this that you have done? So now I say, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare to you. As soon as the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the people of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. And they called the name of that place Bacham, and they sacrificed there to the Lord. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we look into Your Word this morning, we realize, God, that life really is all about choices. And Father, on this day, this first Sunday of the new year, may You compel our hearts and focus our spirit upon You that the choices that we make not only this year, not only this month, this day, But Father, may the choices that we make for the rest of our lives be focused on Jesus Christ for Your glory and for our good. God, thank You so much for speaking to our hearts already this morning. May You continue to do so, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This passage of Scripture is actually extremely simple if you understand why we're looking at Judges chapter 2. You see, all through the book of Exodus and Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you have this journey of God's people out of Egypt where they had been held captive and into the land that God had promised to them, this land of Israel that was then known as the land of Canaan. And for 40 years, they wandered around the desert following the Spirit of God, and with Moses leading them, and they get to the place where they're about to cross over the Jordan River and go into the Promised Land, and then we have the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, which is right before this book, describes how God leads His people not only over the Jordan River into the land of Israel, but how they began to take the land one city at a time. God gave them strength. 
God gave them Himself. He gave them victory over the wicked people that had been living in this land and worshiping false gods. This is the same land that God promised to Abraham many, many years ago and said, this land I'm going to give to you and to all of your people. And so now in the book of Joshua, they're conquering the land. Now there's still more to go, but in the very last chapter in Joshua, chapter 24, Joshua stands before the people and he said, listen, we have a decision to make. There's a a line in the sand where we're either going to go forward with God or we're going to go backwards to Egypt. Choose, Joshua says, this day who you're going to serve. And Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And all of Israel with him said, yes, we will do the same. The book of Judges chapter 1 says that Joshua died. And when Joshua died, there was a call of God onto the people of Israel that said, listen, you've still got more work to do. You've still got more cities to conquer. You still have more land to go and to take. And so God calls His people to continue being faithful and going through the land. Now listen to this. In the rest of the land of Israel, there were still people worshiping false gods. And God made it clear, when you go and take those cities, destroy those false gods so that every inch of this land can be devoted to Me. Half of God's people did exactly what He said to do. In Judges chapter 1, the first half of chapter 1, you have God's people going and conquering, and God is leading them to be victorious. But in the second half of chapter 1, just before these words that we just read, half of God's people said, well, we'll go in and take the land but we're going to let these people stay. We're not going to drive them out and make them leave and force them to go someplace else so that we can worship God. We're just going to split the land with them and we'll worship God on our part and we'll let them worship what they want to on theirs. And now, you have half of Israel devoted to God And half of Israel unfaithful to God. And the angel of the Lord in in Judges chapter 2, verse 1, comes to God's people and said, now here's what you need to understand. And here's the first thing that I want you to see that we need to respond to today as God's people. Is we need to first of all evaluate our choices. Friend, life is all about choices. Israel made the choice to let foreign gods and false gods stay in the land that God said, if you will drive them out, I'll give you victory. I'm with you. I'm helping you. I'm not only behind you, I'm in front of you, and I'm on either side. And all you have to do is put your hand to the work, and God will do all of the work. You just have to be willing to go with Him. It's not all on you. God says, it's on me. But you have to want to drive these people out so that my land can be holy. 
Half of Israel said, we're going to let them stay. We're not going to drive them out. And now the angel of the Lord comes up to this place called Bacham, which by the way means weepers, and says to them, I brought you up from Egypt, in verse 1. I brought you into the land that I swore to give your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you. From this is God helping His people to evaluate their choices. This is the choice of God. God chooses to say to His people, I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go before you. I'll be beside you. I'll be behind you. I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. Do you realize today that just as sure as you sit here in the new year 2020 and you have no idea what the months ahead are going to bring, God is already there. He's been where you've been. He's already where you're going. He knows exactly what to expect and He knows just what you need. God makes an eternal promise to you, I will never leave you and I'll never turn my back on you. You think you have some scary days ahead? You think you have some unsure moments of I don't know what to expect ahead? Some of you don't even know what to expect to unexpect. I don't even know what that means, but it made sense in my head. I'll draw a diagram later. I think it'll help. But whatever it is that lies ahead, God says to His people then and to you today, I'm already there. I'm not going anyplace. So why then did God's people make a bad choice? Well, look at what the Bible says in verse 3. Or in verse 2 it says, And you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall break down their altars, but... You have not obeyed my voice. What is this that you've done? From this is the basics of Christianity found in Judges chapter 2. You might think, well, okay, Pastor, this is a great story and a great lesson for several thousand years ago of Israel in this time period, but what does it have to do with me? I'm so glad you asked. Because this is the exact same thing that God does with you. Listen to what God did with Israel. He took them out of bondage. He led them through the wilderness. He brought them to the promised land. And He said, I will make you victorious so that this entire land can be holy. Now what does God do for you through Jesus Christ? The same thing. God calls you by His Holy Spirit to lead you out of bondage to sin. He sets you free from that sin through what Jesus did for you on the cross. And He gives you a life that is victorious in Jesus. He gives you His Holy Spirit. He gives you His Word. He leads you through life. And He gives you the opportunity to live a life free from sin and victorious in Jesus Christ. But, the same issue that Israel had then is the same issue that you and I have today. We must obey His voice. You see, God told His people, break down these altars. Take all of the foreign worship out. 
Take anything that distracts you and distracts them from a focus on me, destroy it all, and devote all of it to being holy. That's what God said. And what does God say to you? God says to you and He says to me, I can't force things out of your life, but I will give you the power through the Spirit of the living God to be victorious. You just have to want to. Friend, listen to me. If you want to be victorious over sin, you've got to obey the voice of God. You have to take things out of your life that don't belong there. You've got to break down those things that have a hold in your life. You cannot have a holy relationship with God and a fellowship with things that don't honor Him. You cannot have a perfect, wonderful, Christ-honoring relationship with God while at the same time being addicted to things, being devoted to things that are unholy, putting things in your life and in your body and in your mind and in your head. Okay, well let's get a little personal then. You cannot have a holy life in Jesus Christ and have unholy opportunities such as things like on your computer, things on your cell phones, relationships that do not honor Christ. You cannot have a holy relationship with God and fill your life with pornography, fill your life with drugs, fill your life with all sorts of vices that are unholy for you physically and spiritually. You cannot say to God, God, I give you everything I have except this stuff that I want to hold on to. God said to His people then, you've got to break down the stuff. You've got to get the junk out of your life that is destroying you and distracting you so that every part of your heart can belong to me. Are there relationships in your life that lead you further from Jesus and don't lead you to Jesus? Are there habits that you have? Things that you do with your body? Things that you look at on your phone? Things that you look at on your computer? Entertainment choices that you have that distract you and lead you from Jesus rather than make you holy unto God? You see, the Bible tells us we've got to evaluate our choices. Because bad choices, friends, lead to bad results. Good choices, holy decisions lead to holy results. This is not rocket science. God told His people, go in, destroy the land, or take the land, and destroy the altars. Don't let them stay. But what was the result of their choice? You see down in verse 11, in Judges chapter 2, And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and served the Baals. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went out after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed down to them. I can handle it. I can manage it. I can make it work between me and God. 
I can have a relationship with God that is all I want it to be, and I can have this other stuff that's not holy too. That is the lie that we tell ourselves. Friend, I've never met anybody who was pursuing holiness who was happy with unholiness. I've never met a person who was consumed with giving their life to the Lord Jesus Christ who was satisfied to have anything in their life that dishonored Christ. And here on this first Sunday of 2020, you have an opportunity to say, listen God, I may not make New Year's resolutions. I, you know, I may be eat unhealthy and can't save money or whatever, but as for me and my house, I want to serve Jesus. And I want to take anything out of my life that does not lead me closer in a relationship with Christ. It's a disgusting way to say it. And it's a horrible way to describe it, but I think it's completely appropriate. You've probably heard before the way that Eskimo hunters used to hunt for wolves. They would take a very sharp blade, a long blade with a, a thick handle. And they would coat that very sharp blade with blood. They would let that blood dry, and then they would do that process again. They would coat that blade with blood so thick that it no longer looked like a knife. It looked like a huge chunk of blood. They would take the handle and they would bury it down in the ice. And that wolf would smell that frozen blood. And he would come and he would take his warm tongue and he would start to lick that blade and he would start to melt that blood and he would enjoy it. And he would stay there a little longer until the blood would, would begin to melt and he would begin to enjoy it and his tongue got hard because it was almost frozen. So much so that once the blood, the blood that had been dried on that blade was gone, and he began to lick that blade and cut his own tongue. The warm blood that he tasted was no longer what was on the blade, but he was literally bleeding to death. But he could not feel his own tongue, and he was eating his own blood and bleeding out to death. It's a disgusting illustration, but it says this. You might think you can manage sin, but sin is always going to take you further than you want to go. It's always going to cost you more than you thought it would cost. And eventually, it'll end up killing you and destroying what God wants to protect. Friend, life is all about choices. And the first thing that God tells us to do is we've got to evaluate our choices. What do we do then? Do we just sit there in misery? Do we just sit there and cry? Do we just sit there and feel defeated? No, listen to the second thing that God says to His people. And the second thing I want you to see today is we need to expect the consequences. Not only do we evaluate the choices, but what are the consequences? Notice what the Bible says in verse 3. God says, so now I say, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare to you. You know a Dummy way of saying what God just said. You made your choice. Now you have to deal with it. 
You made your bed, now you have to lie in it. That's what you chose, that's what you get. God is not being mean, God is being just. Friend, there are so many times that we would say, God, I want you to rescue me from this bad choice. God, I want you to step in and I want you to save me. And friend, listen, God promises to never leave you. God promises to forgive you. God promises to never turn His back on you. But that does not mean that the consequences of those bad choices just magically go away. God says two things to His people. He says they're going to be thorns and they're going to be snares. What exactly is a thorn? A thorn is something that sticks into your side and it rips the skin and it causes some blood to flow out. If you've ever tried to pick blackberries or even tried to pick a pretty rose, you have to be very careful because the beauty and the, 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 wonder thing, the wonderful thing that you're trying to take off of that vine has thorns that will hurt. And God says that's exactly what's going to happen as a result of your choice. These things that do not belong around me, these things that do not belong around you are going to cause you pain and they're going to be a nuisance to you. But he also says they're going to be a snare. They're going to trap you. You might think you can manage those things. You might look at those choices and those websites and those apps and those entertainment choices and those inappropriate relationships and say, hey, look, God, it's not that big of a deal. I can handle it. But God says not only is it going to make you bleed, it's going to grab you and it will not let you go. It's going to be a snare. It's going to be a trap. You're going to think it's safe. You're going to think it's harmless. You're going to think there's no big deal until it snatches you and you are begging for God to help. You see, what God said to His people on the front end is if you'll obey My voice and drive them out on the front end, then they'll be gone and you won't have to worry about it. But because you disobeyed my voice and you let them stay, I'm not going to break my covenant with you and turn my back on you, but I'm also going to allow you to feel the pain of your own choice. Whatever it is that is ahead, whatever the pain, the problem, the issue, the snare, the thorn, the whatever it is in the future, Friend, make a decision today to be holy unto God. Get those things out of your life now before they become a bigger problem. God says they're going to become a thorn and a snare to you. And in verse 4, the Bible says, as soon as the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the people of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. They had an opportunity to get those things out and they let them stay. And I'm telling you today that just because you can do something, just because it may not be illegal to do it, just because it's available to you, doesn't mean that you should jump headlong into it. And there are some things that you can avoid 
that other people around you are doing, but you can avoid it for the sake of the glory of God and for the holiness of your own life and say, sin does not enhance my life, it kills, it destroys, and it will distract. And the consequences of those decisions, you may not have any idea what is ahead. You may not have any idea what the consequence is ahead of some decision that you're facing today. But friend, I can tell you, the consequences of a life that is holy is always better than the consequences of a life that is unholy. A life with Jesus is always better than a life without Him. A life given unto the Lord fully and completely is always a better life than one that is partially given to Jesus and partially given to something else. Even Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and material things. Either you will love the one and hate the other, or you will despise one and love the other. There is going to be a divided heart. And it doesn't have to be that way. Not only should you evaluate your choices, but you should expect the consequence. There was a zookeeper who a couple of years ago was speaking to a lady who had adopted into her family a little small baby raccoon. Now, raccoons are all over YouTube. They're cute. They're also annoying. They're kind of a cross between a rat and a cat. And they eat anything, and they can be mean. Now, they look adorable, especially when they're little, kind of like babies. You know, they look adorable when they're little, and then they grow up. And the zookeeper was saying a 30-pound raccoon can be just as tough in a scrap fight as a hundred pound dog. And the zookeeper was trying to tell this lady, you may love that raccoon, you may try to raise that raccoon, but around 24 months there's a glandular change inside that raccoon and it comes for blood. It does not just see you as friendly, now it sees you and everything else as food. And the lady said, listen, not Bandit. Bandit loves me. I love Bandit. Bandit is like one of my kids. Until she was interviewed by a newspaper after having gone through three plastic surgeries to repair lacerations on her face because of an attack by Bandit. The closing words of the article that this lady said to the newspaper was, I never thought it would happen to me. And isn't that true of every bad choice everywhere? Isn't it true of every person that tries something, some drug, some bit of alcohol, some unholy habit, Something in their life that they think, I can handle this. It won't happen to me. And too many times we put ourselves in the wrong position at the wrong time, and it does happen to us. 
But friend, this is why God loves with an unconditional love. And God is an ever-present help in a time of trouble. Listen, some of you may have already made some poor choices in life and are dealing with the consequences of those choices. God is not done with you. God has not turned His back on you. God has not washed His hands of you and said, well, you blew it, good luck. God is with you even in the dark moments dealing with the consequences of those choices. He's never going to leave you alone. And no matter how bad, how far, how miserable it is, when you extend your hand to Him and say, God, would you help me? I have issues. God is always there to help. What are you waiting for? Why would you still try to manage things on your own when God is the only one who can save you, rescue you, and deliver you even dealing with the consequence of a choice that was not right? But what about some of you that have yet to make some of those decisions? You're dealing with trying to manage things in your life and you haven't really dealt with a lot of ugly consequences of those choices and you continue to think, hey, this year I, I'm going to put that down. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to start that. And God is saying, listen now, evaluate your choices. Because there are certain consequences that you can't predict that might come if you don't stop. If you don't start doing the right thing. If you don't stop with whatever it is that you've allowed into your life until you destroy it, it has the potential to destroy you. Some of you may need to stop relationships. Some of you may, may need to delete apps off your phone. Some of you may need to put your computer away, ask for accountability. Some of you may need to have someone in your life looking at you and looking at your life and your choices and helping you along the way to hold you accountable. This is a wonderful time of the year to say, God, I want this year to be different. I want to grow in Christ's likeness because I've given my life to Jesus Christ and I've allowed certain things into my life that are unholy and things that are making me unhappy and I want to give them all over to God and I want a fresh start. Friend, if you've already given your life to Jesus Christ and you've been born again, you have a wonderful opportunity today to take full advantage of the help that God is offering you. But if you've never come to that moment where you've truly turned from your sin, looked Jesus in your own mind's eye face to face and say, listen, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that when Jesus died on the cross, He died for me. He paid for my sin. And I trust in Jesus as the Savior of my soul, but I also want to make Him the Lord of my life. I want Him to guide me in every decision that I make. If that's a decision that you need to make today, there's no better day than to give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus and to yield everything you have to Him and be born again than today. But friend, listen. Whether you know Jesus personally or you need to know Him 
and want to make that decision today, it all comes down to this. Is Jesus truly the Lord of your life? Does He truly lead you in every way, every single day? If not, then today is the day to bow your knee to the Lordship of Jesus. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, there is not one person in this room who does not need your help. Father, there's not one person in this room that has not made some kind of a mistake. Who feels as though maybe they've blown it and done something in their life that is displeasing to You. But God, none of us are beyond Your help, Your grace, and Your mercy. All of us, Father, if we confess our sins, the Bible says that You are faithful and just to cleanse us and to forgive us of all unrighteousness. God, may You find our hearts today clean before You. Lord, if there is just one person here today who's never been born again, never trusted in Jesus as their Savior and Lord, God, may today be the day that they give their life to Christ. Father, would You draw them to Yourself through Your Holy Spirit? Would You lead them today, God, to stop trying to manage the sin in their life and just give it all over to You? Lord, if there are people in this place today that have given their life to Christ, but they've allowed certain things into their life that they know are unholy, Father, give them the courage and the boldness today to yield their life to the Lordship of Jesus. Give all of that over to You and ask You, God, to give them the strength and the courage to make the decisions that they need to be faithful, to obey Your voice. God, thank You for this time of worship. Thank You for Your love. Help us, God, now as we respond to You, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Randy Johnson. Thank you so much for joining me for What's the Word? That show airs every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock on 101.9 WAIN, right here in the heart of Adair County in Columbia, Kentucky. Or you can catch the replay of What's the Word on my podcast, which is called Walk This Way. And you can find that in several different places. You can find it at anchor.fm backslash walkthisway on the internet, or you can find it on different apps and, and places that carry podcasts like iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and all sorts of uh, places you can find this broadcast, you can find messages that I've preached, and I just want to encourage you to make it a point to tune in, subscribe, and listen to all sorts of content that's on my podcast, which is called, again, Walk This Way. Thank you so much for joining me.